Good evening. Good to be back with you tonight. I wondered if we could uh, turn in our Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. Read a familiar passage of Scripture to us. The Lord Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And he is uh, confronted here, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not, but by prayer and fasting. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, O God. We thank you for this time, Father, as we look into thy word, Father. We just pray that, Father, that we would be not only uh, hearers of the word, but doers of it. And, Father, tonight as we look at this uh, passage, Lord, and just at a couple of points in it, Father, that we might glean from thy precious word, Father, truths that would help us to grow spiritually, uh, Father, that we would be strengthened, that we would have a look at our lives individually and see where we stand in these things. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Three reasons for failure in the Christian life. Well, the Lord Jesus said to his disciples on that day, there, was, there were three reasons why this didn't work for you, why you couldn't. Uh, cure this young man uh, who um, came to them, at least the father did. And uh, he mentions three things, and I think it's very practical for us in our Christian life too uh, to look at these three things. He says, first of all, you failed because of unbelief. So we're going to look at that. One of the reasons that we fail in our Christian life is because of lack of faith, unbelief, right? Secondly, he says, uh, the Lord Jesus said to them, you have failed because of a lack of what? Lack of prayer. Lack of prayer. And we're going to talk about that. So that's the second one. And the third one, he uses the word fasting here, but I'll take a broader application to it and say one of the areas that we fail and why we fail in the Christian life is because of a lack of, of discipline, discipline. So that's what we'll look at tonight. Lack of faith, 
lack of prayer, and lack of discipline. Three reasons why we can fail in our Christian life. The first one is unbelief. The Lord asks us in our Christian life to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. We're told in Hebrews that it is impossible to please God without faith, isn't it? Without faith, it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11 and 6. And so often, I don't know about you, but so often in my life, I fail because I live by my senses. What I can see, what I can touch, what I can smell, what I can hear. And we live and we operate so often, even in our Christian lives, by our senses. And um, God wants us to operate by faith. And uh, why do we so often fail in this area? Because of a lack of faith. Let me bring you to an example in the Old Testament. Let's go to Numbers chapter 13. And again, we know this story very well. But the Bible tells us that the Old Testament uh, was written uh, for examples. There's so many wonderful examples in here. And let me bring you to a whole nation that lacked faith. And uh, let's just read a couple of verses here. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Here's a guy that lived by faith. Caleb. Caleb. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go against this people, for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their sight. You often feel, Christian, like a grasshopper? Look out. You live by your senses. And we operate as grasshoppers, right? And why does doubt come so easily in our life? Why do we fail so often in our lives? We fail to live by faith. Because doubt we, we read here, is contagious. Doubt is contagious. Um, some people think they have the gift of discouragement. I don't see that as a gift in the Bible, do you? But do you ever listen to yourself talk sometimes? It's so often um, we can have this gift that God, it's certainly not for him. We discourage because we see the giants. We feel like grasshoppers. And folks, I'll tell you, you do not live in a vacuum. That will spread itself, even in, a, in, a, in an assembly this size. It can spread. Doubt. 
And it's so easy to doubt. Doubt is passive. Doubt is passive, isn't it? You know, it doesn't require any strength at all to be a doubter. But to be a Christian who lives by faith requires action. Faith is progressive, isn't it? Because, you see, the world operates, and sometimes we do. Um, God, show me, and I will believe. But that's not God's equation for faith. God's equation for faith is, believe, and I will show you more. Didn't he say to Martha, uh, at the, the very tomb of Lazarus, did I not tell you, if you would believe, then you would see? You see, the word believe comes before seeing. And God is waiting on us to believe His promises before He encourages our faith. Do you know what I'm getting at? You have to come believing that, first of all, our God is an awesome God. That, yeah, there are giants out there, but nothing compared to our God, right? And so, doubt creeps in when uh, we, we, we put these things out of order. Oh, God, show me. Show me what to do. Show me more. God said, well, no, you believe. You believe. Believe what you know. And then I'll show you more. And, you know, that's where the world gets into trouble too, right? Because, you know, and, and, and we saw it throughout the New Testament as Jesus Christ went through the Gospels and all these stories and people, well, you know, uh, show me. And that's that was the Jews, right? Show me and I'll believe. Well, God said, no, no, no. You believe what I've already shown you. Uh, so oftentimes I, I, I talk to non-Christians and um, they operate on this basis. And that is, show me. God hasn't shown me. If there, there really is a God, you know, show me. And I said, well, look, you, you never, like, this is done by faith. Now, that doesn't mean there's no evidence. And, you know, remind them of Hebrews uh, uh, chapter 11 and 1, uh, by faith, Right? It's evidence. Faith is evidence in the things that are unseen. But there's all sorts of evidence. But I tell them, look, you have to take a step of faith. Like God's not just going to come down and appear to you here. He wants you to trust Him. You might not even know Him, but it's the first step. I often bring them back, and even in, in, in a non-believer, to creation. I said, look out there. Look at the sky. Do you think that all that just happened by chance? So you got to believe that. Now, that won't save you. If you just believe that God created the heavens and the earth, that's not enough to save you. But it's a start. It's a start, and God will reward that faith. God is a rewarder of faith. And for us as Christians, that's what it is. Faith is progressive. It's progressive. We start with the basics of our faith, Right? My God is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine or even think. Do you believe that, Christian? You need to memorize that verse. When you get into doubt, and doubt starts creeping in, and you're discouraged, 
You need the Word of God to be reminded of, uh, of the awesomeness of God. That God will never leave nor forsake. How many Christians are discouraged? Because they, they, they look at themselves. They see their lives. They look in and they're discouraged and they're disgusted. And, and you know, we, get, we got to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto the Lord and be encouraged by that. By faith. By faith. Because you know what? When God looks down at us, Christian, what does he see? He sees his son. Delighted. He's not discouraged with you, Christian. Remember, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord Jesus said, I come to give you life and to give it to you abundant. Uh, and all abundant life is a life of faith. It's a life of believing. It's a life of trusting in God. And isn't it easy, Christian, to get discouraged? Isn't it? We live in a world. It's easy to get sidetracked and to live by our senses. Oh, God can't be pleased with me. I tell you, Christian, and that's why it's so often it's so good, isn't it? To come back at least once a week to that place where we were meeting this morning around the Lord's table and to get our eyes focused off all of our problems, and looking unto Him, the author and perfecter of our faith. Isn't it a good thing? It is, because it encourages us, doesn't it? We realize when we're brought back to the cross of Calvary, we were reminded that, you know, as far as the east is from the west, I'll remember thy sins no more. We're reminded that the cross is a finished work. And that we've been redeemed and bought with a price. Folks, we need to get back to living by faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. We need to confess it as a sin if we've been doubting Him. You might be in an area of your life where you're discouraged, whether it be finances or perhaps your marriage or uh, different things are going on, sickness, physical, uh, uh, you know, physical limitations, and you're discouraged by that. We need to come back to the basics of our faith. That we, 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 we operate on a completely different realm, don't we? The world out there are looking towards leadership to bring them out of this, the doldrums of the economy. I don't look for that. I don't know about you. I, 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 you know, we're, we're very much affected here in the, in Canada by what happens in the United States. I think Canadians more, know more about U.S. politics than you do. Well, we're affected by it. We're just the little wee guys up there. Small little population, we, we depend so much on the American economy. But you know what? I, I, really, when I, when I start thinking of it, you know what? I don't think it's going to mean a hell of beans. Do you and who gets to be president in the United States in 100 years from now? Do you think it's going to make a hell of beans? Really? And we get all wound up, you know? But let's face it, folks. That's not what God wants. God wants us to operate on another plane. God wants us to get above all those things. And you know what? I actually, I feel sorry for people. I do. I feel sorry for the people that do not have what we have. I feel sorry for the people that don't have the spiritual vision that you and I have. What a, you ever think of the, 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 the blessings of faith? In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, by faith we understand. I'll tell you, I love understanding. I love the fact that I know that this world is not my home. I love the fact that I know that I am saved. 
I know it. It's not hope so, maybe so, think so. Right? And, 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 and I love that fact that we understand. I look at that. It doesn't matter who it is and how many PhDs after their name. I understand what God, uh, what God, what the future of this world is. I know where I came from. I know why I'm here and I know where I'm going. I'll tell you what, folks, that's faith. Isn't it? We've had suicides. I don't know about this. It's one of the biggest problems in society today. It really is. It's a, it's a major. I was reading a statistic the other day that it's uh, among uh, young people is, uh, is the leading cause of death gone past now, uh, uh, past uh, car accidents for d- death in young people. Did you know that? Suicide. Well, no wonder. You take a swat at a mosquito and they, they think that that's one of their distant relatives. I mean, listen, if that's what you're being taught, right? No wonder they're so discouraged. No wonder they look at life, folks, as Christians. We're way above that. I know there's giants out there, but not to my God. I don't feel like a grasshopper beside those giants. Not, not, not God and me. <laughs> Doubt is contagious. Doubt is passive. Doubt satisfies our tendency for self-protection. I don't know about you, but there are so many of us that uh, never come out of our comfort zone in our Christian life. You don't know me, Tony. I can't talk. And all of their life, I, I've met Christians that are, they, they burn a hole in their stomach with worry. And what ifs? What if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if that happens? And their whole life is what ifs. And we saw it here in Numbers 13, right? Well, hey, I know God promised, Right? This land, what was the land like, spies? Oh, yeah, it's everything God said it would be. Oh, as a matter of fact, it's better than he said it would be. But, what if there was no giants there, we'd be fine, right? And, you know, we're like that, aren't we? We can be like that. That, you know, everything's good except, what if this happens, right? So we never step out. We, We live... Uh, at, at, at such a low level. And you know what? I'll tell you what. The, again, I come back to God's equation for blessing. It's progressive. It's If you take this step, God will honor you in a step of faith. And then you know what? He'll show you more. He'll show you more. And he'll show you more. And so often we, we, we hinder God's work in our lives because of our doubting. We hinder and I, I speak to myself so much. Nobody likes to get egg on their face, do they? And so they're so scared of failure, they never venture out of their comfort zone. How many people are like that? How many people live like that? How many Christians live on such a low rung, never, get, never getting beyond where they're at? Christians, perhaps even tonight, are sitting here. And you have no idea the potential that you have to affect the kingdom of God 
based on fear, and you've never stepped out. Well, you know, you know, what if this happens? What if I fail? And so often we're like that, right? So often we're like that. Doubters are easier to find than friends of faith. It goes along with that being contagious, isn't it? And it is a short journey, by the way, from doubting and a lack of faith to despair. That can happen. Look what they said here in 14, Numbers 14. Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt. You know, we're so good in Egypt. We had onions and garlic. It was like they went to Piccadilly's every night and had a, you know, a buffet over there. I, that's the only name I could think of. Okay, maybe that's not a good place. I don't know. I've been there a few times. I thought it was good. But you know what? That, that, that's the way you would think, right? Like the way they talked. It's back in Egypt, you would not believe how much fun we were having. No, that's not true. That wasn't happening. But in their minds, you know what? Any, you know, because we can't see what's out there, uh, better that we would have died in Egypt. But you see, it doesn't take long for doubt. What happens? It goes down, doesn't it? It goes down. And before long, you can be despair. You know that I've met Christians 25, 30 years old, uh, 30 years old in the Lord. That are, that are down, that are depressed. You know, it's a big issue in, you know, in, in, in Christian, what would I call it, Christian medicine today? It's, it's, it's an enormous problem. And listen, don't, don't misquote me. Don't leave here and say, Dr. Martin said this, okay, because I didn't say it. But here's what I am saying. I understand that there are physical... Uh, and physiological problems when it comes to depression. Don't get, so I said it, right? It's a disclaimer. Because sometimes brain chemistry uh, can be very complex, right? And um, things can happen in the brain, in the human brain. It's, it's another organ, right? It's headquarters. It's very important, right? But a lot of times, and again, I mean this, and a lot of times I have met Christians, I have counseled Christians that are depressed. And when you get to the root of it, it's not so much physical or physiological, it's more doubting. And self, uh, how can I say it? A preoccupation with self. You see, faith is, is living at another realm, folks. God would have you live to elevate your game, sort of say, in the Christian walk, up here. Living, setting your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And laying aside the what? The sin and the weight that so easily what? Besets us. And it's a recipe, folks, to combat depression. Okay? And again, remember the disclaimer that I put there. And understand there are times. But a lot of times, I mean that, a lot of times, because people, what they see, all they see are those giants. 
And if that's all you see is, is those giants, you're going to be depressed. So, number one thing, the Lord Jesus says, why didn't this happen? Why did, why did my disciples fail to cast out that demon? Because of what? Unbelief. So tonight, let us be encouraged. Let us leave here tonight. And looking unto Jesus. Looking for his strength. Asking him to, to strengthen us. Never, never, never apologize for trusting in God's word and his promises. Number two. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, the reason you failed is because of failure of prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I say this uh, very, very honestly as, a, as a, a Christian that turned 30 years old in the Lord uh, on October the 14th in 1982. I tell you, it's been a struggle with me since day one in my prayer life. It's been a struggle. I'll tell you, I, I do not have trouble. Uh, God knows my heart, so let me just say it. I don't have near as much trouble, let's put it that way. Reading the Word and studying the Word. But I got trouble with prayer. The other day I was uh, going through, I, I chart prayer, by the way. I, I think it's a good idea. Whenever I'm strong in prayer, I write prayer requests down. And I keep a little journal of my prayers. It's interesting. You know, I was gone back to the year 2000 in a book that I have in my office at home. And I was looking at the prayer requests and uh, the answer to prayer. And I, I looked at so many items and persons that I had prayed for. And, I, you know, I was, I was convicted. I was convicted by my lack of of seriousness when it comes to prayer. Let's look at this story here, and I think we'll put the importance of prayer into its context. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, you have failed. Why? You failed for a lack of prayer. The context of it, there was a spiritual warfare going on, wasn't there? There was a demon that needed to be cast out. And it wasn't until the Lord Jesus arrived on the scene that they did that that demon was cast out. You know what happens? And this is my opinion. And I think we forget this. And maybe this will be practical for you. You know why, Christian, we often fail in, in prayer? If you're not a prayer warrior, why aren't you? This is Tony Martin's opinion based on me. I forget that we're in spiritual warfare. That's me. I read about it. Ephesians chapter 6, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. That's reality, Christian, isn't it? We, you and I, 24 and 7, we don't see it. But I think we don't see it because of our lack of faith. 
that I think that when we get up and we live in this spiritual realm, we will be like the Apostle Paul who was sensing 24 and 7. What did he say? I pray night and day. The Apostle Paul, what an example for one who had such concern. You see, because the Apostle Paul lived by faith, he was up here. What did he realize in his life? He was fighting a battle. The enemy was always present. You know what happens to me? I forget that I'm in a battle. You know what? That's exactly what Satan wants me to do. He doesn't want me to be aware of him. He masquerades himself as an angel of light. Satan would keep you, Christian, neutralized in this area. Because when we get on our knees, major things happen. You might not see it again. It's your lack of faith. You don't realize that you, when you and I get into prayer. And you know what? We, we, the, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. And it, it's a habit, isn't it? It's a habit. I tell people, they come into my office, you know, and I, 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 I do an examination. I say, well, listen, you know, one thing that I've noticed is that you're, you're very dehydrated. We check their electrolytes and things like that, and I go, man, you, you're dehydrated. Wow. What? I'm not thirsty. I said, yeah, you don't feel it, but you're thirsty. <laughs> you know that that mechanism, you know, I don't want to talk about health tonight, but hey, why not? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it's because a lot of people, they don't even have a mechanism to realize that they're dehydrated. They, they don't sense it. They have a headache, maybe. But they never thought that was just a lack of electrolytes and water. They didn't think that. A lot of people are sick. They have no idea why, and they're just simply dehydrated. I, I, uh, I, I tell people, just start drinking water. Well, I'm not thirsty. I don't like water. I said, well, your body does. You're 80% water. Well, no, folks, what I'm saying is let's, let's take that over to the spiritual realm. Because we don't see the battle that we're in. You know, right now in this place, we don't see it. But there are hosts of wickedness here. Now, not necessarily, not calling you wicked. <laughs> but there's an invisible battle. But until we, like I said, until we live by faith and start operating by faith, God will show us that. I remember, I, I don't know, uh, Tim Hood was there with me. The first time I ever met Tim Hood. I met him in an airport in Toronto. We were on our way to Ireland. Tim was going to scout out the land with a fellow by the name of Gary Weeks. I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy's name, but Gary Weeks, if, has he been down here, Malcolm? Well, you've got to get him down here. I'll tell you why. I mean, that guy, Tim Hood and I became friends instantly, right at the airport. He likes sports. I like sports. He liked the Montreal Canadiens. I liked the Montreal Canadiens. No, we just hit it right off. We did. And it was just like we were long-lost brothers. And uh, when we went over to Ireland, we were shocked as we traveled around Ireland. I was there for a couple of weeks, and Tim, for, I think, one week longer than I, and then he went back there and served there for several years, right? I just went there over in a short-term mission, but with a fellow by the name of Gary Weeks. 
And Gary Weeks and Tim and I, our, our jaws dropped because we couldn't see what he saw. But he said, There's, we're going to go into this town. It is overrun by Satan. And I'll tell you, the hairs on my back of my neck would come up. I, I was trying to, like, where well, am I going to see it? Or am I going to... But Tim, uh, excuse me, Gary was so in tune to the battle that was going on for these little towns in Northern Ireland, in Southern Ireland. And we would go into a town and he'd go right to the Catholic Church. And he'd go knock on the, on the priest's door there. And he said, I've got to win the battle here. And it was such a, a tremendous trip for me. It was so opening. Every second minute, it seemed, we'd, the car would stop. The doors would fly open. Gary Weeks would spot a Jehovah Witness somewhere. You know, I, what? How did you know he was a Jehovah? I know it. I'm going to go talk to him. The Mormons. They, they, but you see, folks, we are in a battle. Can I ask you something? Did maybe do something tonight? And God, would you show us? Would you show us what's out there? It's a battle. Your neighbor, perhaps your friends, perhaps somebody in your own family, they have no idea. But Satan goeth about like a roaring lion. Do you think the scripture is in there? Did you, have you ever seen Satan go about like a roaring lion? I have. Well, I have. I've seen him destroy people. I have. I've seen him come into, into a family and operate. And you know, it, it, it's amazing when you, when you, when you're at that level, when you're on the battlefield, God will show you the battle. But if you're just on the sidelines, if you're just, you know, just living for today and, you know, just trying to get through this particular day, you know what? You're on the sidelines and that's, I mean, you won't, you won't see any of this. And so often and so many times in my life I have missed out because I don't see the battle out there. And I'll tell you, it's, it's warfare. We're reminded in Timothy that it's a war we're in. And um, we forget that. We often see uh, trials, right? As, um, you know, obstacles. And Satan will use that in our lives, those trials to discourage us. And we ought to see them as real testing places for our faith. Oh, God, bring us to another level here. I don't want to be a failure in my Christian life. I want to see. And you know what? I was thinking about that tonight. There was never a more exciting time in my life when, I, I, when I'm in that battle. You know, I, I, I was reading uh, the story the other day of um, the capture, well, the shooting of bin Laden. But the story of a Navy SEAL. 
from his point of view. It's amazing. Those guys are in training. It's unbelievable what they go through. I found out that Canada has a special force, too. It's very secret. And these guys, I was talking to somebody the other day at the gym who was involved in this, and I was telling me you would not believe the training, what they put them through. And they're ready at all times when they're called upon. You know, we need to be like that in a spiritual fashion, don't we? <laughs> we need to be Navy SEALs. I was thinking about that. I'd like to be a Navy SEAL. I wouldn't like to go through the training. <laughs> but kind of exciting. I would have loved to have been there when... Uh, uh, but you know what I'm getting at? We can be there. We can be there in the battle. We need to get on our knees and pray. God, show me. And then we'll pray. It's a habit, isn't it? It's like I was saying about drinking water. Just a habit. I tell people, look, do it for three weeks. You'll be shocked what happens. You'll find out how thirsty you are. I said, just trust me. Start drinking two liters every day. For you Americans, that's 64 ounces. Every day, 64 ounces. I don't feel like it. Too bad. Try it. You'll see. What about tea? It ain't water. What do you shower with? Use water. That's what your body needs. And then they come back to me. You know, a couple of months later, Dr. Martin, I had no idea how good. I just never thought I could drink water, blah, blah, blah. And I feel so much better. And my, my feet are not swollen anymore. i got no more headaches. I do this and that. Just water. What a vitamin. But all I'm saying is, folks, it's like prayer. It's, it's, let's do it for three weeks. Let's pray without ceasing. Does that mean you can't work? Of course you can pray and work. Have you tried it? I have. You can pray while driving. Not like texting, you know. Saw a lady there on the way here tonight. I said, my, she has an accident waiting to happen. She had to do a little, 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 and every once in a while put her head up, right? You know? But folks, we can pray without ceasing. Okay, time's running out. I want to hit this third one. The third reason, he, the Lord used the word fasting. And I'm not going to get into that because I, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what fasting is. Uh, I really don't. I haven't fasted I, unless I was sick. <laughs> Uh, but I won't talk about that because it, I, I think we can take a, a, you know, take a precept here, and that is discipline. Discipline. Brothers and sisters in Christ, my experience has been this. If you want to flunk in your Christian life, it'll come through a lack of discipline in your life. You know, let go and let God. I hear that all the time. Yeah? Yeah? For faith, let go and let God. That's true. But you know what? We have a responsibility, you know. It's all throughout the Bible. It's our responsibility. God has given us every spiritual resource that we need to live a Christian, godly Christian life. Every resource is ours. It's up to us to use it, right? To work out our salvation. The pieces are there. God has given us everything we need to be successful, but we've got to apply it. The Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians and chapter 9. He said, I beat my body. Lest what? Lest he be what? A castaway, lest he be a failure, lest he win not the prize. 
And you know what? This has been my experience. You know, in my 30 years of Christian life, how often I've seen it, a lack of discipline. You know what? Bible study, prayer. I know we're busy. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to knowing God's Word. You've got to read it, you have to study it, and it takes time and discipline. And folks, Satan will do everything he can. It's again, the spiritual warfare, you don't might maybe feel it. But you know what? We're so surrounded today. I'm looking for my iPhone. By these things? And gadgets and you know what I mean? And no, I won't toss it. But you know what? I gotta talk to myself about these things. I see young people, I tell you, they got dexterity, I'd never seen anything like it. Like you know, like my son says he sees me near a computer and he says, Dad, you're painful to watch. Okay? It's painful for him. Well, I'm in that generation. What do you think? I wasn't brought up with a computer. But these kids today, my little grandson, you know, he's three years old. I think he'd be an IT guy at my office already. I mean, he knows everything about that. But you know what? We've got to be careful with that kind of stuff, folks. I mean, listen, the TV, right, the movies, and we just got to be, you know, there's no shortcuts to success in the Christian life. It's not just going to be, well, you know what? I have a, I'm going to change my attitude tonight, and that's going to make me successful. No. I mean, that's a desire. You guys heard me on three Ds, have you? You haven't heard that? Sure you have. A desire to be a strong Christian is a good thing. That's the first step. That's a good thing. Tonight, let's have a desire to not to live where we are. Let's go up here. God, I, I want to operate up here. I want to be one of your Navy SEALs. I want to get into the battle. I want to live by faith. I want to pray without ceasing. I want to get up here and show me. Show me the spiritual warfare that we're in. Use me, oh God. Okay, that's great. That's a good thing. That's desire. Now what is it going to take? The second D. And that is determination. It needs to be transferred, folks. Here, 18 inches to here. Because if you don't transfer it there at all, I've seen, uh, you know, I've used this in the past, alcoholics. My brother was an alcoholic. Alcoholism uh, was rampant in my family. My, my uncle, my dad's brother, died in a snowbank in Timmins, Ontario at the age of 38 years old. He was so drunk he couldn't get home on a, on a January night. Just passed out in a snowbank and froze to death. And I, I remember my brother many a time saying to me, you know what, I, 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 I'll never do it again. I'll never do it again. I'll never go on a binge again. And guess what happened? You see, because he had a desire in his mind, but you know what, he never had the determination to do it. And there's a big transfer that needs to, you know what, tonight I pray. I pray this for you and I. For me and for you. What? That tonight, not only that this message would hit home for you, because it was meant for me, 
that you would leave here tonight and say, you know what, I'm, I, I, I don't want to be a doubter. I want to live by faith. I want to be a Navy SEAL for Christ. I want to get into that battle. I want him to show me the whole uh, uh, enemy's land, and we're going, to start we're going to start carving out some real territory, even if it's just in my individual life. And I am going to get past those obstacles that are there, and God's going to be with me in doing it. Now, that's a great thing. But you know what? Tomorrow, you know what? You're going to have to recommit to that. I'm going to have to recommit to that. Because tomorrow there will be other obstacles there. Other things that will drag you away from that goal. And you know what the third D is, folks? It's discipline. You know what discipline is, folks? That's every day. Every day. You know, you have a battle. And every day is a battle, isn't it? Just when you think, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote, you know, take heed that he that thinketh he standeth lest he fall. And we, we need to understand that, you know what? The battle is every day. Paul never felt that he arrived. Right at the end of his life, that's when he wrote. At the end of his life, when he had finished his life, he said, I've run the race. I've won the prize. I finished the battle. I was a Navy SEAL. Thank you, God. I'm ready to go home. And shortly thereafter, after writing Second Timothy, his, his life on earth was done. But folks, listen, we need to understand what the what those three things that'll take us down, and that is uh, a lack of faith, a lack of prayer, and a lack of discipline in our lives. How many young people have been washed away? Now, if they got saved, they got saved. But I've seen it time and time and time again. They were here. Can you, in your mind's eye, go put this in your mind's eye for a minute? How many people that you know that sat in these pews? And perhaps even broke bread in these places that are not no longer going on for the Lord. Do you know people like that? What happened to them? A lack of discipline. A lack of prayer. And a lack of faith. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we come before you tonight. We thank you again, O oh God. You're so good to us, Father. You're so patient. You're so kind. Father, tonight, would you encourage us, Lord, to go forward? Father, I admit to you, O oh God, I'm so much like those ten spies that all they could see were the giants. Father, I want to be like Caleb and Joshua. Father, I want to get to another level. I want to live on another plane, O oh God. I... I I, I don't want to, this just to be another day, Father. I want it to be, uh, I want to be in the battle, oh God. And Father, would you encourage us tonight? I pray for each and every one tonight, Father, who have obstacles in their lives, who are discouraged perhaps. Father, would you come beside and encourage like only you can. Remind us of your promises, O oh God. How you look at us. How you're so willing to allow us to start over again. Oh, Father, you're good. And you're great. And we pray it in his name, the Lord Jesus. Amen.